You're listening to the Bright City Podcast. To hear more about our gatherings, groups, and what's going on in the life of our church, visit brightcity.church or follow us, Bright City Church, on Instagram. Today's message is from a friend of Bright City, and we know you're going to love it. It's a part of life, and I want to tell you, if anybody tells you that as, that as a Christian you shouldn't be suffering, they don't know what they're talking about. I would eventually say they're lying to you. Because that's not what the Bible says. In fact, John 16, 33, Jesus teaching, right? He says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have tribulation, right? He didn't say you might have tribulation. He didn't say it may be. He said you will have tribulation. And then he says, but take heart because I have overcome the world tribulation. This, this Greek word flipsis, and, and, and it carries this idea of pressure in a narrow, uh, in a narrow place, a narrow situation. It kind of, it, it hems you in, and it causes you to feel confined, to feel restricted, to feel like you don't have options and you don't have a way out. You're going to go through tribulations. You're going to go through those things. Have you ever felt a circumstance like that in your life? Have you ever felt something that makes you feel that way? Like, like you just can't get out from the weight of this crushing trial? M- maybe for you it's the loss of a job or, or income that brings financial strain and suffering and, and you have no idea, how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to clothe my family? How am I going to keep a roof over my family's head? Maybe you've felt something like that. Maybe it's the loss of a, of a spouse or a family member that's causing you this terrible pain, right? And you're saying, how do I go on without this person? How do I go another day without this person? Maybe it's a betrayal from the one person that you thought would never betray you. And now you're left with these trust issues. I I can't trust. I don't want to trust. I don't know how to trust. Maybe it's a heart-wrenching diagnosis that looks bleak at best and fatal at worst. Listen, the Bible says in this life, you will have tribulation. You will have tribulation. In this life, you will feel confined. You will feel restrained without hope, without options, without a way of escape. In this life, you will feel that. And you're like, man, you're you're kind of bumming me out right now. (laughs) We're getting there. Don't worry. We're going to face suffering in our life. Why? Why do we have to face it? I think a couple of reasons. The first one is because of the fall. Because, because of the fall, way back in Genesis chapter 3, we see how sin entered the world when Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command. And I'll just very quickly run you through it. God created the earth, right? The animals. He created human beings. He created everything, right? He puts Adam and Eve in the garden, <clears throat> excuse me, and he says, fill the earth and subdue it. Have babies. Procreate. Fill the earth. And he gives them this one command, right? And you know what it is. He says, you can eat from every tree. You can eat all this stuff. Just this one thing. You can't eat from this one tree. Don't do it because if you do it, you will die. And what do they do? They ate. They ate from the tree, sent into the world, and they began to die. Listen, they lived in perfect harmony with the land, with animals, with God, with each other. They lived in perfect harmony, ease of living, and all of that was gone because sin entered the world, because of the fall. And ever since then, life has been difficult. 
Ever since then, we've had to suffer through all kinds of things, disease, drought, um, sickness, hatred, murder, abuse. I mean, we could go on and on. We've had to deal with all of these things because of that. And we suffer because we live in a fallen world that's full of fallen people with fallen mindsets and understandings. That's, that's why we suffer, because we live in a fallen world with fallen people. That, that's us, with mindsets and understandings that don't know any better. That's how, we're, that's how we are. And so we have to go through those things. We suffer because of the fall, but we also suffer because of our faith. Or, or, or maybe better put, we suffer, you suffer for your faith, because of your faith. <clears throat> Romans 8, 17 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him. That word provided in the Greek, it's a conditional particle. And it means that we are children of God and heirs with Christ if, if we share in his suffering. We have to share in his suffering. If we share, then we are his children. And so the followers in the early church of Jesus, they understood this idea of suffering. They understood this concept of suffering. They went through all kinds of suffering. Historic traditions teach us that that one of them was beheaded, that one was burned, that one was stoned to death, one was thrown into boiling water and lived, that two of them were stabbed to death, two were crucified, excuse me, three were executed in an unknown manner, and countless others were ripped apart, they were fed to animals, they were burned alive as human torches. All of this for following after Jesus. See, suffering is a part of life, and you're still looking at me with that look, but I promise you, we are getting there. But suffering is a part of life. And listen, it's not limited to the early church. We go through suffering today. Maybe we're not thrown into the Colosseum and being ripped apart by line. Maybe that's not happening, but we are still going through suffering. You may be the only person in your family that follows Christ, and everyone views you as that weird fanatic. And nobody wants to talk to you at family gatherings, and they just kind of stay away from you because, like, I want to be around. I know what you're going to say already. And, and so you're an outcast in your own family. Maybe, maybe your company tells you, hey, listen, you can't talk about Jesus or you're going to be fired. And you're like, but all I want to do is just share, like, what God is doing in my life. Listen, maybe when one or more of your children walk away from the faith, right, and they become hostile towards the gospel, and they don't even want to go to your house because they don't want to hear mom and dad again talking about God and how good he is, and your own children don't see you anymore. We go through things in our life. I'll be honest with you. If I can say it in church, if not, I'm sorry. Suffering sucks. It does. It's terrible. Nobody wants to go through it. But suffering, listen, suffering is a proof of our status as children of God. Suffering is a proof of our status as children of God. Tim Keller said this, suffering is actually at the heart of the Christian story. At the heart of the Christian story. John 15 says this, but remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, and this is Jesus, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep your words. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name. Jesus even said, you're going to go through it. They persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. We're going to go through persecution and suffering. 
A pastor I used to listen to on the radio, he was talking about suffering and going through it. And he said, listen, all Christians are getting it. All Christians are going through suffering. And if you're not going through suffering, he's like, you need to make sure that you're actually a child of God. Because we all go through those things. And so I want you guys to know, Bright City, that suffering, it's a part of life. But here's the good news. I told you it was coming. And here's the good news, because some of y'all are like, I can't do this anymore. What's going on? There is good news, because even though suffering is a part of life, we don't suffer alone. We don't suffer alone. John 16, 7 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. We don't go through the most horrible times of our life alone. That word in there, helper, in the Greek, it's this word parakletos. And I say that word because it probably sounds familiar to you because it means someone who comes alongside you, someone who is there to help you, someone like an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a helper. And so we get words in, our, in the English language like paralegal, a person who comes alongside like a lawyer and, and helps defend you. Um, we paramedic, uh, a person that comes and provides medical aid where you are. I don't know if this one works, but I think it does parachute because you, if you're falling out of a plane, you want that with you right by your side, making your, I mean, I, I do, I do. I'm not jumping out of any planes, but if I did, we get words like that from this word parakletos, and the idea is that the Holy Spirit of God is with us through our suffering. We're not going through those times alone. Tim Keller, again, he said this because he's pretty smart. He says, suffering is unbearable if you aren't certain that God is for you and with you. Suffering is unbearable if you are not certain that God is for you and that God is with you, with you through the suffering with you through the suffering. I'm sure most of you have, have probably heard this song before called Another in the Fire. Anybody heard that song before, right? Okay, listen, I want to read some, some, script, some of the lyrics to you to understand just exactly what's going on. Here's what the, the song says. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in, when you're feeling hemmed in, when you're feeling like there's, there's no way out. And when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. Why? Because there's another in the fire standing next to me. There's another in the waters holding back the sea. And I hope that that gives you encouragement. And I hope that that gives you peace and that that gives you strength. Because whatever you're going through in life, you're not alone. God is with you. There's another in that doctor's office when you don't know what that the outcome's going to be. There's another person in that season of unemployment, whatever it is that you're going through. There's another person that's in that lonely apartment when you don't, you're just alone. Why am I here? There's another person in whatever your current situation is and he is standing next to you. And that is truth that we can hold on to. And so we're never left alone. You're never left alone in your, so your, your suffering and your trials. And so when that financial strain hits, I want you to know you're not alone. When, when, that, when, that, when you get that pain from that spouse, that loss, that betrayal, you're not alone. When you're, when you're sitting in your apartment alone wondering why, you're not alone. And, and listen, when that diagnosis hits you, whatever the case may be, you're not alone because God is with you. 
And I say praise God for that because we wouldn't make it on our own. I know I wouldn't. I'm, on my own, on my best day, I'm a basket case. I'm a mess. I cannot do it on my own. Thank God that we're not alone in our suffering. Thank God that the Spirit is present with us through those times. And so look to the person next to you and say, you're not alone. Okay? Look to the other person that you ignored on the other side and say, you're not alone. Okay? And listen, most importantly, most importantly, say this to yourself. You're not alone. Say it to yourself, you are not alone, because you're not alone. Because you're not alone. So listen, your, your todays, they might be tough, but here's your second point. Your tomorrows will be glorious. Your today, it's tough, and it's, and it's hard, but your tomorrows, man, they're, they're going to be glorious. Again, Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And so we go through tribulation and suffering, but that's not the last word. Like, praise God, that's not the last word. Whatever it is that your todays are taking you through, the light at the end of the tunnel is that it cannot compare to the glory that is waiting for us in Christ Jesus. And one more Greek word, I know it's a lot, one more, <clears throat> but it's the word um, in that passage, comparing. And it means it's not worthy or deserving of. And it carries the idea that it's, it's not matching in value or in weight. So it's like, hey, our present sufferings, they're not worthy, they're not deserving of being compared to the future glory because they don't have matching value. Yeah. What we're going through today, it doesn't have matching value to what is waiting for us. See, a lot of people, they, they, as an example, they think that like God and Satan are these two cosmic combatants, right? And they're just duking it out every day. And who's going to win? And it's just, they're, they're neck and neck, right? And they're battling for our souls. But that's not even close. Like, it's not close. God is infinitely up here. And Satan is infinitely down here. And there's no, there's no comparison. It's not close. Like, it's a no contest, hands down, easy victory for God every single time. They don't match. <clears throat> they don't compare. But I can give you another example. A little more humorous, maybe. Because let's just say, anybody here like classic cars? Anybody? No? Okay, boom. This is for you. I didn't see another hand, so it's for you. <clears throat> but we're going to roll with it. It's good. Classic cars. If you go to a classic car show, you probably expect to see something like that, right? Yeah. These nice classic cars that everybody's taking pictures of because that's why you're there. You're there to see a classic car. But what if while you were walking around admiring all those classic, beautiful cars, what if you came across this? Now listen, if that's your car, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take a picture of it, but probably not. But like you're walking around, right? And then you see this thing. And listen, it's all cordoned off. There's like alarms, there's security. And it's like, don't you touch this car. Like, it, like, like man, the whole nine, they're like saying, get away from this thing. You'd probably be thinking, if you saw that at a, at a, at a classic car show, you'd probably be thinking something like, how the heck did Mater get in here? Because be honest, right? That, it, like if Mater was a real car, that's what it looks like, right? But listen, here's the point. Here's the point. They don't compare. Yeah. 
They, they cannot compare. That old hoopty, it does not compare. It does not compare to the ones that have been restored. They, they don't have the same. Listen, both are old, right? Because they're classic cars. Both are old, but one is just old and busted. And the other one has been restored to its former glory. Like it is glorious in its state and in its condition. They're not matching in value. And, and that, that old hoopty, it doesn't deserve to even be at the, the car show, to even be considered. To even, it, how did it get there? That's how bad the disparity is between them. There's no matching value for Jesus and Satan. There's no matching value. He doesn't deserve to be compared. And there's no matching value for the things that we are going through today when compared to what God has in store for us. They don't compare. I'm saying that word a lot because I want you to understand that we are going through it. We're going to go through it, but it doesn't compare. We're looking for something eternal. We're looking for something better. We're looking to what God has in store for us. Our present sufferings, they cannot match the value of the glory to be revealed to us. And I'm going to tell you two quick reasons, and these are quick. The first one, what was lost in the garden will be found in the kingdom. What we lost in the garden is going to be found again in the kingdom. Remember I said back in Genesis chapter 3 that, that mankind sinned and, you know, everything started to die and to suffer. The biggest loss that Adam and Eve suffered was the loss of their eternal life with God. They, they had to be separated. God created them to live forever with him. But sin changed all that. They began to die. And listen, we die. I know you know that. We die. But what was lost in the garden, the most important thing, that eternal life in the presence of God, listen, it's going to be found. It's going to be restored in the kingdom. And nothing can compare to having our relationship with God fully restored again. There, there's nothing, like again, there's no comparison. They don't match. They don't deserve to be even on the same, because nothing compares to having that restored relationship with God. And I want to read a passage of scripture to you that's a beautiful picture of what that will look like. Revelation chapter 21, verses three and four says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. The former things, all those things that hurt us, all those things that we have to go through, all those things that are weighing us down, they've passed away because we've been restored in our relationship with God. And I don't know about you, but that sounds worth the wait to me. That sounds like it's way, way outweighs the things that I'm going through, that we're going through today. See, what was lost in the garden will be found in the kingdom. And the second point, <clears throat> God rewards your suffering. God rewards the suffering that we're going through. 2 Corinthians 4 says this, We do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. 
For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I'm going to read that one again. This light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. They're, they're, They're temporary, right? But the things that are unseen, they're eternal. The things that we're going through today, they, as hard as they are, they're temporary. The things that God has for us in store, they're forever. They're eternal. And so listen, the God of the universe, he sees our present sufferings as light and momentary. He sees that. He knows what we're going through. And he sees it as light and momentary compared to the weight of glory that he's prepared for us. As bad as the fear, the anxiety, the loneliness, the despair, what as bad as it is, right? It doesn't, it cannot compare to what God has in store for us. And listen, God's not making light of what you're going through. No, 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 it's the opposite. He knows what you're going through. And he says, listen, you're going to make it through because I have something great for you on the other side. The reward is that good, Bright City. It is that good good what God has in store for us. We have to go through it. We have to go through those difficult times, but God is with us through those times. And you know, this became real to Jackie and I when when our youngest son, Elijah, when he was born, because Jackie's labor with him was very quick, like like very, very quick. Uh, I think one hour and and, and he was here. Like it was was crazy, crazy quick. And, you know, we live like 45 minutes away from, the, from, the, from the, the, the hospital. Thank you. From the hospital. And thank God it was like 3 a.m. Thank God it was like 3 a.m. in the morning when she started going into labor. Because if not, we wouldn't have made it. And so we're driving there, you know, and we made it in like, I think like 15 minutes. So like a 45-minute drive. We made it in like 15 minutes. And so you know I was not obeying the speed limit. Forgive me. But I was trying to get there. And so we get to the hospital, right? We get there, and, and, I'm, and I'm pulling into, like, the maternity area, and I, I need a wheelchair, right? I need a wheelchair. I'm looking at no wheelchair. And I'm like, shouldn't there always be wheelchairs in the maternity ward? Like, like my wife can't walk up and, like, she's, like, she's there. So I run to the security guard. I'm like, hey, I need a wheelchair. And he's no help. I don't know if he was sleeping. He's just like, uh. I'm like, give me your chair. I took his rolling chair, right? I went to Jackie, put him in the chair, and I rolled her in to the triage in, a, in an office office chair. I had to get her in there somehow. And so I'm like, I'm serious. That, that happened. I'm not exaggerating. That happened just like that. And so we get her into the labor and delivery room. Very quickly, our, our son, our second son is born. And this is me. I'm like this. He's here. All the panic, the NASCAR driving to get here all the, I don't know what's happening, the office chair, like all that stuff. But he's here, he's beautiful, and he's okay. But he wasn't okay. I didn't know that at the time. He wasn't okay. And we went on this week-long emotional roller coaster ride. Because see, just hours after he was born, and when I say hours, I mean like one or two at the most, he, he was looking very gray. His skin was getting very gray. And his, his breathing was very, very labored. 
and he had, it turns out he had a lot of fluid in his lungs and, and he was not like breathing well at all. Like he was like dying. So they had to take him, put him in the NICU, put oxygen tubes down his throat. They put him in this like plexiglass cage and he was there and we couldn't touch him and we couldn't be around him. And he was just, he was just there. And I'm like, that's not supposed to happen, God. That's not the way it's supposed to happen. Maybe you've asked that question yourself to God, like, man, my my marriage isn't supposed to be a war zone. That's not how it's supposed to happen. My body isn't supposed to be trying to kill me. That's not how it's supposed to happen. My friends aren't supposed to betray me. That's not how it's supposed to happen. And I'm sitting there saying, God, that's not how it's supposed to happen took my first son home in like two days. And I'm just like, what's going on? And he's in the NICU. One day passes, two day passes, two days pass, three days pass. Nothing. Nothing really changed. Oh, we, we could like touch him for a few moments, like literally for a few moments here and there, but nothing changed. He was still gray. <clears throat> he still wasn't breathing on his own. And we were left in this like kind of state of limbo. Like, what, what do we do? What's gonna happen? Like, this is supposed to be a joyous time. And I don't even know if my son's gonna make it. Is he even gonna survive? I was scared. And I wasn't processing well. I, 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 was, I wasn't sure if he was gonna survive or not. And listen, this was, it was killing me. And, and I'm gonna be honest with you, and this is hard for me to like even say, but I was so scared and, and I was so worried that I, I didn't even want to get too attached to him because I was like, I don't even know if he's going to survive and, and then I'm going to have to, and I, I didn't even want to get attached. I went and saw him, but I was like emotionally keeping myself at a distance because, well, if, if, if I don't get too attached and for whatever reason he dies, at, at least it won't, it won't hurt so much. I mean, that was a lie, but that's how, I was, that's how I was processing. That's how I was thinking at the time. I was a mess. I was a mess. But God reminded me and Jackie that, that he was with us in our suffering. He's with you, I want you to know, in your suffering. Listen, by the grace of God, we were able to, um, the, the hospital there in Miami where we're from, they, they have rooms that they'll rent out to parents so they don't have to go home. And so we were able to rent a room. Uh, my son was able to stay with us, my oldest son. So, so the, the four of us, we were all together. If not in the same room, we were at least all together in the same place. And we were able to stay close. And that was a huge comfort and a blessing. I honestly don't know how parents, and if you've been there, I, like, man, I don't know how you like, leave your kid at the hospital and then you go home, a newborn. So praise God that we were able to do that and to have to have that, 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 that peace, you know? And so we're going through this time, and like I said, one, two, three days pass, and the fourth day, early in the morning, like 3 a.m., I'm like, let me go to the NICU, and let me just see how this guy's doing. And so I walk in to the NICU, and I walk into to where, he, where, where he is, right? And I don't see the plexiglass cage or whatever. I don't see it. There's nothing. There's nothing where he was supposed to be. And I start freaking out. Like, I'm, I'm panicking, like, where is he? What happened? Oh, my gosh, he died. And, like, I think the nurse saw me, and she saw the panic look, and she was like, hey, 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 it's okay. He's over here. And I look over there, and my son is not in a plexiglass cage. 
He's, he's laying in a normal, regular crib. He's wrapped up like a little taco. No breathing, no breathing tubes in his mouth. And I'm just like, like my mouth is like just dropped open. Like, oh my gosh, like he's okay. Like, God, thank you so much. And, and immediately I'm feeling like, like, why did I doubt you? And, and oh my gosh, what, look, what was I thinking? Why, why didn't I trust you more? My son, my son, the one that I had been praying for, the one that I had been afraid to even like get attached to, he was there and he was okay. I was able to hold him again for the first time since just right after he was born. And I sat there holding him, right? And tears of joy coming down my face, just thanking God for what he did, for protecting and healing him, thanking God for holding me up during that time. And if I'm being honest, hey, God, I'm sorry for, for doubting you. And just God really dealing with me and, and talking to me during that time. But I, I just sat there at three in the morning, praising God for what he had done in my life and in my son's life. And then I went back down to the room and I told Jackie that the nurse wanted to talk to her. I said, it's nothing bad, but she wants to talk to you. Because I can't just say she wants to talk to you and not say anything else. Because then she's going to be like, what the heck? But I wanted her to be surprised. So I'm like, hey, look, everything's okay, but the nurse just wants to talk to you. I, didn't, I want her to have the same surprise that I did when she went in there. And she was surprised. And it was a, <clears throat> a beautiful time, right? But here's what I want you to understand. Five days, five days in the NICU, and finally we're able to go home together. Finally, we're able to like get on with our life. And, and here's the thing. I thank God. I thank God for how he was with us during that time. I thank God for his presence with us during that time. And, and, and you need to know this, right? It doesn't always end well. I get that. Like, praise God for us. It ended well. Some of y'all saw him. He was, he, he's here running around. Like, like, praise God that it ended well for us. But we know that it doesn't always end the best way or the ideal way. But I, I, but I want you to know, regardless of how it ends, God is with us during our suffering. God is the one that brings us through and that provides for us and that gets us through. And, 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 and whether, like I said, it's good or bad, God is there with us. He brings us through it. And even if the ending is bad, it still doesn't compare to what God has in store for us. It still doesn't, it's not matching, it doesn't compare to what God has in store for us. And so I want to end by reading just a very famous passage of scripture. And I think it kind of, it sums all of this up. And the words, they're, they're beautiful and, and they're comforting. They comforted me and Jackie during that whole ordeal with Elijah. And if you're here today, if you're here today and you're feeling overwhelmed, then I want you to let the sweetness of the word of God, let it bring rest and peace to your life right now. Let these words of scripture give you hope. Let them, let them give you strength. Let, let, let it renew your faith in God, your trust in God for every and all circumstance that comes your way. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life.
and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a beautiful picture of what's waiting for us in eternity. And so Bright City, you're, you're today, it might be tough, but your tomorrow will be glorious if you're a child of God. If you are truly a child of God. And so I have to say this, especially with a message like this, I have to say this because if you're not a child of God, if you're sitting here today and you are not a child of God, the hope that we just talked about, it's going to elude you. Like you're going to want it, but it's never going to be there because it can't be there for you, not in your current state. But if you place your faith in Jesus for salvation, then he'll be with you. Whatever you're going through, he's going to be right there with you, and you'll spend eternity forever with him in his kingdom. And so I want to just share really quickly a few things that many of you may know, but someone in here might not. And this is why God brought you here today to tell you a couple of things. One, God loves you. If you've never heard that before in your life, God loves you, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you, but we have a problem. And that problem is called sin and we're helpless to do anything about it. We can do nothing about the sin in our lives, right? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that there's a penalty for that sin. And that penalty is, is death. It's eternal separation from God in a place called hell, in a place that we do not want to go. See, God loves us, but we have a problem that we can't do anything about. And that problem, it's going to separate us from him forever. But there's good news because God, God provides a way. Even though we have sin, and even though that sin separates us from God, and even though the, 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 the penalty, the Bible says, the wages of our sin is death, the Bible also says that the, that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so, that, and so that while we were still sinners, while we were still separated from God, on the other side of the line from God, while that was happening, that Jesus Christ died for us. God loves you. God loves you, but you can't stay the way you are with sin. So you have to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ with faith. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, that you will be saved. And so I want you to take that opportunity. Now, you can close your eyes. You can bow your head. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything like that. But I am going to ask you to close your eyes and to really talk to God right now. Because if you're a child of God, then listen, praise God. Maybe you just need to talk to him. Maybe you need to confess something. Maybe you need to whatever. But if you're here and, and you're not a child of God, then listen, today in this moment, just, just like the Bible says, call out to God. Call out to him. Right where you are, quietly, he'll hear you. And if you're not sure how to do that, that's fine. I'm going to pray. I'm going to say a prayer. You can say it quietly to yourself or to God because he'll hear you. Just say, God, I, I'm going through it right now. The suffering, the persecution, it's all around me now. But my God, I believe your word when it says that you will be with me through it. And that God, I can have eternity with you in heaven. So right now, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. 
Lord, I ask you to forgive me and to, and, and, to, and to come into my life, my God, and to give me everlasting life today, right now. God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for this life that I have. And my God, I pray that every day from this day forward, that I would live with the hope, with the peace, with the security that you are with me no matter what comes my way. God, I thank you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening into Bright City. If this was encouraging, we'd love for you to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're an owner at Bright City, you can give online at brightcity.church or on Venmo to Bright City. Before you go, we'd love to speak this benediction from Matthew 5 over you. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We love you, Bright City.